Joshua 23. After many days, when Yahweh had given rest to Israel from the enemies all around, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, and for their heads, and for their judges, and their officers, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. You have seen all that Yahweh your God has done to all these nations because of you. For it is Yahweh your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes. From the Jordan, with all the nations that I have cut off, even to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, Yahweh your God will thrust them out from before you and drive them out of your sight. You shall possess their land as Yahweh your God spoke to you. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that you not turn away from it to the right hand or to the left, that you not come among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow down yourselves to them, but hold fast to Yahweh your God, as you have done to this day. For Yahweh has driven great and strong nations out from before you, but as for you, no man has stood before you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for it is Yahweh your God who fights for you, as he spoke to you. Take good heed, therefore, to yourselves, that you love Yahweh your God. But if you do at all go back, and hold fast to the remnant of these nations, even to those who remain among you, and make marriages with them, and you go in to them, and they to you, know for a certainty that Yahweh your God will no longer drive these nations out from your sight, but they shall be a snare and a trap to you, a scourge in your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from off this good land which Yahweh your God has given you. Behold, today I am going the way of all the earth, you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed out of all the good things which Yahweh your God spoke concerning you. All have happened to you. Not one thing has failed of it. It shall happen that as all the good things have come upon you which Yahweh your God spoke to you, so Yahweh will bring on you all the evil things until he has destroyed you from off this good land which Yahweh your God has given you. When you disobey the covenant of Yahweh your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down yourselves to them, then Yahweh's anger will be kindled against you and you will perish quickly from off the good land which he has given to you. So finally, we're at the end of Joshua's life. This is the second last chapter of Joshua. And we've got something like his dying words. So these two chapters, 23 and 24, the last two chapters, are recorded two speeches that Joshua makes, and they're like his final words. So this is like his second final words, and the last chapter is his final words. So you could say it's like his deathbed speech, or his deathbed speeches. Joshua, we find out in the next chapter, he dies at the age of 110, and the process of conquering the land was about seven years, and the book of Joshua is around about 25 years, so that makes Joshua something like around about 85 when he came into the Promised Land. So right at the start of the book of Joshua, when he comes across the Jordan River and he's the leader, he's 85. <laughs> kind of sounds old, don't you think? Well, you, 
It's a, yeah, it's true. And you think he's leading battles as a general at the age of 85. You know, he's marching through the night, surprise attacks at the age of 85. And you know, you think of someone you know who's 85, and you think, you just can't imagine them doing it. Like my, um, I've got a, grand, a grandfather who's a, a lovely, faithful man, full of prayer, and he's 90. But he would not be able to have done the things that Joshua is doing here at 85. But we, you'll also remember that when Moses went to, to Egypt to lead them out of the land of slavery, he was 80. So these, these men were much healthier and much stronger than people of the same age are today. Now, it could be that the Lord's blessing was upon them because Caleb was also 85. Um, when, when they were in the middle of the conquest and he took Hebron, he was 85 at that point. That was at the end of the campaign. So uh, Caleb is actually like seven years younger than jo um, Joshua, give or take. So that means Joshua was around about 40, 45 when, they, when he came out of Egypt and Caleb was around about 38 when he came out of Egypt. And they're just the rough ages. So it's very, very interesting to work all these things out. But finally, they've, they've been here in the Promised Land 25 years. Joshua's dying. He's giving his final words, and he says to them that God has given them rest in the land. And I want to note that it is God who gave them the rest. <laughs> because um, even though they, they worked for it, it was a conquest that took seven years. It was a lengthy military campaign. They worked for it, but the Bible says it was the Lord that gave them rest. So even though they were fighting on the ground, the Lord was fighting for them at the same time. And if the Lord isn't in the things you're doing, you won't succeed. And if the Lord isn't fighting for you, you won't succeed. Now, in the middle of this chapter, in his final words, he says to them not to marry among, into the people that remained in the land. Because he says, if you do, God will stop fighting for you. And um, this is exactly what happens. After this particular generation is a great generation. They're, they're so careful to follow what the Lord says. They follow what Joshua says. They do really, really well. But very soon we're going to get into the book of Judges and you're going to find how chaotic it all starts to get when the people are not as focused as this generation. And they do start marrying with the local people and everything changes. And so Joshua says to them, he says, if you intermarry, then God will stop fighting for you. And the, the danger here was that these other people had a different culture, a different way of thinking. And when you marry into it, now you're mixing culture. You're mixing God's ways with the world's ways. And when you start doing that, now you're not following the Lord and now the Lord's not helping you anymore. And, and then they became a snare. And this is exactly what people do today. It's not about marriage at all. Some people have, um, you know, over the years, they've used these verses to kind of say, you know, interracial marriage is bad. No, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not what this verse is talking about. And there's some lovely, lovely uh, people that are married across different races and different cultures. And I've married across cultures. I've married in an American, a lovely lady. And um, we really love the mix of those two cultures. And um, so it's terrific. <laughs> and... Uh, but what's to, what, to, what we're seeing illustrated here is not to mix worldliness with godliness. If you're trying to be godly and then you start mixing worldliness into it, now you find the Lord's not in it anymore. It's just worldly. And um, the illustration that I always like to use at, at um, you know, 
Well, it's an attention-getting illustration, but I basically say, you know, imagine you're making a lovely sandwich and it's got, you know, meat and cheese and, and, and bacon and lettuce and it's, <laughs> it's uh, a delicious sandwich and then you get a little bit of dog poo. Bloop, 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 and drop it in the middle and you put the, the, the top on the sandwich and then you chop it up and it's ready to eat. How many people are gonna wanna eat the sandwich? Nobody. <laughs> you see, it doesn't take a lot of worldliness to ruin a lot of godliness. You can have a very godly life, but a little bit of worldliness just messes it up completely and God doesn't like it. And so that's why we, we see this here. The Lord was, Joshua was saying to the people, don't marry these people because you're gonna mix their culture into God's culture. You're supposed to keep that stuff out and follow the Lord, follow all the words that the Lord gave you. And so we find that this is what happens today. Christians mix worldliness into their faith and then God's not fighting for them. And so they're weak. They struggle. It's hard to overcome. The, 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 but they're held down. They don't overcome. They don't get their prayers answered. And so they have a weak spiritual life. And these are all the types of lessons that we can learn from the book of Joshua. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to help us. Help us not to mix worldliness into our faith. Help us not to take the things of the world and their values and to make them our own values. Father, I pray to help us to be strong in, in what is of Christ and strong is in what is of righteousness. Help us to walk in the ways of the Lord and help us to, to find that our future is in you. Lord, we, we know the future of these Israelites was, was crazy, what happened in the generations to follow, but I pray that our futures and the futures of our children would be stronger more full of the love of Christ, more full of the love of the saints, more full of faith. Help us to inherit your promises, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.